G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. And joining me on the line right now is Andrew Scarborough, an evangelist based in Melbourne, Australia. And we're going to find out a bit of his story today. Mate, uh, tell us a bit about where you were born and raised. Well, Matt, it's so good to be with you today. Um, You know, I was born in Melbourne, um, but I was actually raised... uh, all over Australia and Asia, really. So I went to 13 different schools, and I've spent uh, four years in Southeast Asia and then time in New South Wales, uh, time in South Australia, and then all across Victoria. So I've had quite the uh, the varied born and raised. <laughs> How come you moved around so much? Oh, so, so my parents are in in ministry. They actually run a hospital school and children's homes, and, and they, they're doing amazing work. But the way I put it is, I, you know, this is my version. So I think my parents were really looking for where where they fit. Um, they knew that they had a heart to, to serve uh, the underprivileged, but they didn't quite know where. And so they did a bit of training here, a bit of training there, moved here, moved there, and they're there, and they're there. And they've actually landed ended um, in Southeast Asia and they've been there for over 20 years now in the same place so uh, so they did find that um, but they, I think they were searching while I was a kid <laughs> my version <laughs> Oh wonderful and tell yeah. us about your uh, conversion experience were you uh, always a follower of the Lord or was it just uh, Yeah uh, um, so, so Matt uh, I, you know, my family was a Christian home, Christian family and so from a very young age you know, I knew I knew the songs like, you know, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And I, I knew the reality of, okay, Jesus loves me um, in terms of, you know, it was very much a, a head knowledge. It was something that I knew. But it wasn't, uh, wasn't until I would say I was about 19 that I really had an encounter with God that, that changed everything because uh you know moving around and and also having parents that really are quite um quite well known by a lot of people in ministry um and you know by governments and different people really really know and respect my my parents i felt this real pressure um to 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 be someone to to perform to be successful and uh and that just crashed in a huge heap uh, when I couldn't get in, I wanted to become a medical uh, missionary. I couldn't get into medicine. And then uh, my girlfriend uh, couldn't make that work. And once again, my parents uh, were, you know, they they met when they were 15, got married when they were 19. And so I had this, this idealistic view of how my life was going to turn out. And it was turning out anything but. I ended up drinking, uh, ended up uh, in a really unhealthy uh, relationship and walked away from the church. And one night I was in, I was actually in a bar. I was in a bar and I was working. I was actually working as a barista and a a man that I'd never met before came into my work and he looked at me and he said, 
can I ask you a question? Do you love your parents? Which was a bizarre question to ask uh, to ask someone who's making drinks in a bar. And uh, but the whole re- reason I was in such a mess is because of this this tension I felt uh, with my with my parents and feeling like a letdown and feeling like a failure. And he said, you know, there's a great love out there for you. And I said, what are you talking about and why are you here at 11 o'clock at night in this bar? And he said, I feel I'm meant to tell you that God loves you so much and you just have to come back to him. And it totally and utterly um, rocked my world. And I spent the next month, I would say daily, just in tears, just receiving the love of God and being healed up. And uh, that really has given me a passion for what I do now. Um, as, as an evangelist because I just see that people are just one conversation away from turning their whole world around. And I would say, though I accepted Jesus as a child, um, I really accepted the love of the Father as an adult, and it was um, it was just profound. And tell us about your journey after that. Did you end up getting involved in ministry soon after that? Yeah, it was, it was actually really interesting. The uh, the gentleman who who came and spoke to me, he said, "Look, I never do this, but I and you know, and he had friends at, at his church who said he never does that, but he really felt uh, a bit of a prompting to to have that conversation with me." And the other thing he said is that he had actually um, had someone pray with him, and they had an impression, they had a thought that he was going to um, meet a young guy that he was going to heal and release into ministry. And I thought, oh, that. That's interesting. And he said, I just wonder whether that's you. And uh, within a month of being a part of his church, uh, I got a phone call from uh, a a church, which is actually now a a Hillsong campus. It was at the time called Eastside. They said, would you run our our high school ministry? Then I got another phone call from another church uh, a couple of years later. Would you be our youth pastor? And And then I became a young adults pastor. I did my masters at fuller seminary in the states planted a church over in california and now i'm in in evangelism so i absolutely did get healed up and released into ministry because i've been doing it for uh for over 10 years now and uh, absolutely love it so andrew you spent some time in the u.s studying at fuller theological seminary and uh, i'd love to know what what was your focus of your study tell us about that yes yeah, so I, I studied uh global leadership Actually, in uh, so really intercultural, uh, intercultural dynamics. What does it look like to do leadership in in different nations with different nationalities? And it was a it was a really, uh, really an amazing course. And tell us a bit about your involvement in the National Day of Prayer and Fasting. I was enjoying watching you hosting this year, uh, oh, interviewing you, people mate. and leading you know le- leading the team in Canberra with Warwick Marsh. How did it go, mate? Oh, it was fantastic! Yeah, so so after the after spending time in the states, we came home, and and one of those things that that just kind of happened in being here and and having a heart for our nation is is I got connected to the National Day of Prayer and Fasting, and and uh, I'm so thankful for Warwick, and we we did uh, a full we did a full day. Um, on the on the Saturday out the front of Parliament House and just really lent into praying for our nation and you know anyone that's listening this uh, would know that we're that we are living in very interesting times and we need prayer for our nation and so it was such an honour to be able to host that I know uh, often Matt you actually host that and so 
um, it was yeah, it was an honour to be there. And and as you would know, there's something very special about praying right right at our you know in our nation's capital mm. at the Parliament House and really declaring that uh, that Australia would be would be a nation that would love Jesus and follow Jesus. And so yeah, it was I would say honestly um, one of the highlights of my short 32 years on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I really enjoyed watching the live stream. I was unwell and couldn't be there, and it was mm. great to see a young gun like yourself taking, you know, taking over. And uh, I was just it's so inspirational. I think there was like 80-something locations around Australia, and yeah. y- you were on Zoom, you know, doing which is like Skype, you know. You were Zooming into Brisbane and Perth and Toowoomba and all over the place. Um, what a, a great picture of unity, seeing churches around the nation praying together, hey? Yeah, it was it was truly profound, and uh, I would encourage anyone um, who hasn't been involved yet to really look into the National Day of Prayer and Fasting. They've, I think they've scheduled it for the second of February uh, next year, and there's just re- there's regional centres um, all around all around the country that you can actually come together. They stream it online, and you know, I really do believe in that in that verse that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land, you know, forgive their sins, heal their land. Like it's just I know I'm not quoting it word for word, but that the reality is if we'll humble ourselves and pray, I really do believe that the Lord will do a great work in, in Australia. Yeah, absolutely. Two Chronicles seven fourteen, a a, a oh. powerful verse at the at the heart of that movement, and uh, of course we're in the middle of the forty days of prayer and fasting in the lead up to Easter. Um, yeah, I, I love the fact that they don't just have it as a one off event, but it's a, it's a lifestyle of prayer and fasting, isn't it? It is absolutely, and we're preparing to run a an event down in Melbourne on Sunday night, and that's that's been our call. You know, we've been saying to people. Um, we don't want the National Day to be a moment. We want it to be a movement of prayer. We don't want the 40 days even to be a moment, you know, a 40-day moment. It, it needs to be a movement. It needs to be a lifestyle of prayer, and that's what we're going to tell folks that gather mm. in Melbourne on Sunday. We're going to say this is this has to be a movement of unity, of humility, and of prayer. And as we pray and also as we evangelize, as we share our faith um, with those around us, I really do believe that we can see, and I dare say we are seeing a shift in Australia. Uh, Brisbane just, uh, I believe, this week has appointed their first uh, Christian Lord Mayor. And so it's, this is a, an amazing time that we're living in to see these, these on-fire Christian, uh, Christian Lord Mayors, Christian Prime Ministers and and something's happening in Australia, and I'm very excited to be alive in these times. So, Andrew, you spent some time in the U.S. and uh, were uh, planting a church over there, which is one of the craziest things to do, planting a church. It's a very difficult job. Tell us how it went. Oh, I'll tell you how it went. <laughs> oh, dear. It was, you know, I describe it as the hardest, best thing that I've ever done. Um, you know, the statistics show that church planting is now the number one way to reach you know, organisationally to reach people um, for Jesus. So it used to be crusades and, and mass mass events, and now it's actually church planting um, with crusades being second. And so I have such a heart to reach the lost for Jesus. You know, I I 
you know, when I sing this, there's this song that says, what would I have done if it wasn't for Jesus? And when I sing that song, I think of, I think of myself in that bar and if it wasn't for Jesus. And so we church planted because we just, we just wanted to reach as many people for Jesus as possible. And California is an interesting place because there's a lot of, uh, you know, people say California and LA is like the land of the beautiful people. But if you scratch beneath the, the surface, of uh, what is often a very well manicured life, you'll find that, uh, that there is a real need, there is real hunger. People are, are really, really in need of the gospel. And so we we planted a church, but how we did it is we did it through neighbour-to-neighbour interaction. Um, we did it by hosting neighbourhood barbecues uh, out of our place. and We actually had uh, within, really within a year or so, we had about, uh, 70 different people coming along to these barbecues and these were neighbours that had lived next to each other for for years. One guy said, I've been here for nearly 20 years and I've never had a meal with any of my neighbours and now I've had 10. And so we, we really moved into the neighbourhood as we saw Jesus do. He came here and he just began to, to get to work and that's what we did. We moved into the neighbourhood and we began to get to work, and it was a, an amazing, amazing time. Um, sadly, we 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 actually lost our visa, um, had to leave the states uh, at short notice, and we we talked with our team, and and they decided that we w- they wouldn't continue the church, um, mainly because the entire core team, us included, had either just had a baby or or were about to have a baby. And, and they just said, we, we don't know if we can carry this. The good thing is um, many, many of those that were involved in our church plant actually went on to plant churches or to start ministries and and are really making a difference. And so I think no, uh, no opportunity is wasted, no experience is wasted, and I'm, we're really thankful for the time that we did have uh, in America. Wow. Inspirational to hear, mate, and... Uh it's a pity Donald Trump couldn't have helped you out with that visa. You know, he could have sorted things out for you, hey? <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us a bit about uh, the next part of the journey. How did you get involved with Youth for Christ? Yes. So, uh, you know, my wife and I, we always say our, our vision really is to reach the lost and revive the found. We want to preach the gospel to as many people as possible in any way we can. And so, uh, we, we yet, like you said, you know, we did work with TBN. Um, we were very involved in, in Awakening Australia in that event and just recently had a, a call from Youth for Christ and they're looking for a national ministry director and and the idea being that, that I would, you know, coach and lead and invest into their their team across the nation um so that we can see more young people reach for Jesus in Australia and so it just totally fit in with what what our heart is for and and, you know, <laughs> the evangelist is, a, is an interesting position in the church these days because uh, often, the, you know, it used to be that denominations would employ evangelists, but now evangelists are, are a little bit freelancing. They're a little bit, uh, a little bit like that. And so, you know, we're doing two days a week with, with Youth for Christ, investing into their team, and then we also run uh, other ministries, our own own ministry and write books and all of that 
But Youth for Christ, my hat, that ministry <laughs> is just stunning. Yeah. I have been so impressed um, with their heart. I've been so impressed with their, you know, they have a real vision that, to go after the lost sons and daughters. Mm. Um, I was talking to their CEO, Cindy McGarvey, and she says that the if you want to look at what the Lord is up to, you can get a fair hint. She has a military background, so she, she thinks this way. She goes, you can get a fair hint at what the enemy is up to. And we're seeing the enemy go after this next generation, go after our youth in particular, in their identity, in, in who they are. And so Cindy is really launching a, uh, a counter-offensive or, you know, of saying, right, we are going to get this next generation for Jesus. And I love... Uh, love what Youth for Christ are doing. It's a, it's a real honour to be a part of it. That's wonderful to hear, mate. And uh, I just love the fact that uh, the Lord has raised you up to uh, reach out to people all across the nation. If people want to find out more about your personal ministry, uh, what's your website if people want to go and check it out? Yes, so if they if people go to uh, awakenthevalley.com, so awakenthevalley.com, um, that really has has links to, to everything that we're doing and uh, we'd love to have people check that out. And, uh, you know, a huge part of our heart is to equip and to raise up evangelists and revivalists. And so anyone at all uh, that might be listening that says, look, I have got a heart to reach the lost. I want to get, I want to get, you know, into my neighbourhood or into my local school or on the streets or however it looks, even online evangelism. We'd love to hear from you and just, just help you. Maybe your church needs um, some evangelism training and just a bit of a a bit of a revival in that in that area. We'd be more than happy to serve. That's what we do. We serve the body of Christ to reach and revive. And so it's a yeah, it's such an honour. Wonderful, Andrew. It's been great to hear your testimony today and uh, see what God's doing in your life. I reckon you're a history maker. Thanks for joining us, Matt. You are too kind, and I bless you in everything that you're doing. Um, in the media, in Australia, and as a pastor. Thank you so much for having me today. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.